Welcome to Babylon the Great, where I hijack intros. Sure, let's just leave that in. Uh, the, I am XJW Caleb, introduced by my little people, aka Peems, and accompanied by Dax. Hello. How are you guys doing? We are doing. How are you? The, the, the same, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm doing okay, but you know, in important news right now, yeah. uh, Dax has just launched her new channel on YouTube. Yeah, let's oh, just plug in. Let's plug that in. I'm plugging. Let's this. plug at the beginning. Let's not. Let's okay. not even get into this. Let's just, let's just plug that in. This is a podcast Shameless about. Plug. Yeah, this is a podcast about, about Dax's channel and how <laughs> uh, how you should you should go subscribe to them. You told me to prepare the news, and I didn't. So this is what I'm doing instead. That is that is the news. So let's now that we know the biggest part of news, which is obviously Dax's new channel. Oh, uh, you know, uh, let's just let's just plug that in. Yeah, it's called um, Dax the Scholar, and it wasn't intended to be an interview channel, but it has been entirely just interviews. Um, and uh, go check it out. I just interviewed the author of Cult Girls. I am yet to hear to that one, but I've heard great things. I've heard great reviews on, on Twitter, and Twitter, Twitter never lies to me, so I trust them. <laughs> now we have the biggest part of the news out of the way, finally, uh, because Dax has finally created... Uh, their channel. Uh, My Little Peems will follow, maybe. We don't know. Spoiler alert. But what else? What is the second part of news? Um, we don't actually have a lot more news, but I do have a uh, I do have a rant I'd like to go on. This podcast is nothing but an excuse for me to go on rants, but I'll, I'll allow it this time. Oh, I get to go on rants sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just for today, alright? Just Don't get used to it. The, the, the ranting is my thing. I think. So today I want to talk about Blood. The scary thing that vampires eat. Listening. Why did you say it that I, way? I, I don't no know idea. what vampires eat because I was raised as a Jehovah's Witness, so I, oh. I pretend that I never watched the vampire film. So Never. I only they're, recently they're, learned they're, they're that from, vampires sparkle in certain movies. Yeah, he did watch Twilight, but um, what's your rant? That is great. They do sparkle. <laughs> well, so um, one of the religious beliefs of Jehovah's Witnesses is that the Bible prohibits... Uh, the eating of blood or taking of blood in any way, which includes blood transfusions and um, and whole blood parts, even if they're in pills or something like that. Um, and this rule that Jehovah's Witnesses enacted that has not always been a core part of their belief, but has been for my lifetime, uh, is responsible for the death of thousands of people. Since Jehovah's Witnesses uh, can't take a blood transfusion, if there is an accident, uh, they are much higher risk of dying. They have much higher risk of complications with surgery. Um, and something we don't really talk about enough is the uh, the blood liaison. Uh, do you remember the, the exact phrase here, the term for that? Blood liaison committee? Yeah, the blood liaison committee. So if a Jehovah's Witness uh, ends up in the hospital... Um, is it the blood liaison committee or the hospital liaison committee? Oh, sorry. That is correct. The hospital liaison committee. We just got schooled by Dax the Scholar. We did. That's why we have scholars here. I'm smiling. <laughs> you can't see it, but I'm smiling. So the hospital liaison committee will show up when a Jehovah's Witness is in the hospital and will advocate for them. Quote, unquote. Which Jehovah's Witnesses will see as a wonderful service. Um, it, it helps them when they're in a tough situation and they need to advocate against taking blood and they've got someone who can do it for them. But in retrospect, it's also a bit of a threat, right? I mean, you've got these guys here who are here to argue for you. And if you take the blood, you can be disfellowshipped for that. So you've got these people who are there, who are elders, who are 
branch representatives, and and you have to keep up the charade in well, front of them. And it's funny that you say that because I always viewed it as they're there to protect you from the hospital staff from yeah. bullying you. But truthfully, if you're in that situation, they're kind of bullying you, not the hospital staff. They're both. Yeah, they shouldn't interfere with the medical professionals who are trying to save your life. You know, there shouldn't be an interference or a buffer. Part. Yeah, it creates it creates a subconscious pressure. Now, I'm sure many witnesses are grateful for it because they may want to not get a blood transfusion. But if there's a witness on the fence, that pressure there is going to keep them firmly on the side of no blood, even if they're afraid for their mm-hmm. life. Because even if they survive, they're going to lose their family. And they won't get a funeral if yep. they don't survive. Yeah, definitely. So, now that we've explained that, um, this blood prohibition comes from Leviticus, where God says, uh, it, where it's laid out in the Mosaic Law, uh, that the, um, the punishment for taking in blood is to be cut off from the people, uh, however you want to interpret that. And so, blood is listed as a crime in this Mosaic Law, and Jehovah tells people not to be eating of the blood. Um... And so Jehovah's Witnesses have extrapolated that. Now, we know that we're not under the Mosaic Law anymore. As far as Jehovah's Witnesses are concerned, Jesus did away with the old law. Um, But they see it as a principle. Clearly, this is something that mattered to God. So even though we're not under the Mosaic Law, this was a thing that we aren't supposed to do. And I believe it was Paul wrote in one of his letters to continue abstaining from things sacrificed to idols and from blood. Exactly. That is how we link the blood doctrine from the Mosaic Law back down to modern interpretation of the Bible, at least how how we did it as Jehovah's Witnesses. Yeah, exactly. So the Mosaic Law had it. The Mosaic Law was listed, but the apostles specifically said to keep doing that one thing. Um, So Jehovah's Witnesses consider uh, taking blood through an injection the same as eating blood, which is, is not a great analogy, but... Okay, let's say we grant that for now. So, I wanted to make the comparison here to... I wanted to compare these beliefs to a few different scriptures, uh, and one of them, to begin with, is that of Jesus and the sheep in the well on the Sabbath. Jesus was talking to Pharisees who were trying to get him into saying that people don't have to follow the law. So they asked Jesus uh, if it is okay to heal people on the Sabbath. And Jesus asks them, who of you, if you had a sheep who fell into the well on the Sabbath, wouldn't pull it out? Essentially, Jesus is saying, if you had a major loss, you had an animal that fell in a well, you would help that animal out. And so he's demonstrating that the Pharisees are being, as we would say today, Pharisaic. They're applying this rule super broadly, but clearly the principle is that we shouldn't put the rules over the life of a sheep. We shouldn't put the rules over a real material loss. Um, and I would say that we apply, we could apply that to the blood doctrine. You know, Jehovah saying that people shouldn't partake of blood obviously, obviously did not account for medical situations where it might save someone's life. And refusing to save a life over the blood doctrine is like refusing to pull the sheep out over the, fair, over the, over the Sabbath doctrine. Yes. So I think even within our own logic, even within Jehovah's Witnesses' logic, you can find a reason here to not be bothered by blood transfusions. It doesn't it doesn't hold up internally. 
Now, the other thing I wanted to show you that really shocked me. Wait, uh, before 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 we move, yes, we yes. move to a different thing. Can I can I add some? Please, to please. Um, because this is something. This is just Bible-based stuff. Uh, so we should we should look at the Bible. Um, obviously, the only part where in the New Testament where uh, the blood is prohibited, well, it's two parts. It's basically uh, Paul saying, "Oh, don't need blood," and all of this other stuff. And then he says it again uh, later on in the letter. I think that that those are the only two parts um, where we can find the blood prohibition. But how did the blood prohibition look back look like back then? Well, if you found a body that was already dead, you could need it. However, in De De Deuteronomy. Chapter 14, verse 21, it says, You must not eat any of the body already dead. To the alien race resident who is inside your gates, you may give it, and he must eat it. So you you could give it to a different person. You just couldn't eat it by yourself. Hmm. But, but what would happen if, say, you're hunting, and you find a dead animal, and you really, really, really want to eat it because you're hungry? Well, the Mosaic Law has you covered as well. If you go to Leviticus, uh, chapter 17, verse 10, uh, it says, As for any man of the house of Israel or, or some alien resident who is residing as an alien in your midst, who eats any sort of blood, I shall re... Oh, man, I can't... You know what I've discovered with uh, making this podcast and recording videos? That I can't read for shit for some reason. <laughs> I just... I can't read it. I'm just... I'm, I'm just gonna... You're gonna get <laughs> I'm this. gonna power through. I'm going to power through. Um, I shall certainly set my face against the soul that is eating the blood, and I shall indeed cut him off from among his people. That's the part that you read. However, it's important to read a little bit down. Uh, th that is verse 10. If we read down to verse 15, we see what they would have to do if they ate it. And it says, as for any soul that eats a body already dead or something torn by a wild beast, whether a native or or an alien resident, he must in that case, and check this out, uh, what what do you think is going to happen? Because uh, I don't know. fornication was, you get stoned I to think death, it's being gay be was being like stoned to, to death. Let's, let, let's check it out. Let, let's check the penalty that the Mosaic law, that let's remember. A harsh law. Exactly. The, the, the harshest law uh, that, uh, that Jehovah put on his people, as far as Jehovah's Witnesses are concerned. Let's see, let's see what uh, you would have to do under Mosaic law. He must, in that case, Wash his garments and bathe in water and be unclean until the evening. That's it. And he must be clean. That's it. That's it. That's it. So why is it that Jehovah's Witnesses have such a stringent relationship with blood when in the Bible, in the Mosaic Law, there was far like, more, uh, that's, more that leeway. Is, that is more leeway than they give to women on their period. Yes, exactly. Being on your period, according to, to the Bible, is worse, worse than eating blood. You know, it's it's a pity that there's not an example of Jehovah letting it slide when someone eats blood in the Bible. But actually, there might be one, and I would like to show it to you. Do you think you've seen this one before? I don't know. One, one where Jehovah allowed people to eat blood? Yes. I think there are two in the Bible. Uh, the one is the the most clear one, I, I believe, was um, with Saul and his soldiers. Oh, well, you you had to go and spoil it. So, <laughs> first Samuel. I'm sorry. I, I've also researched this <laughs> in <laughs> my not, spare though. time. I have not. Well, well, uh, well, I should be making friends. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I'm not a doctor nerd um, or 
a scholar of the doctrine at the time. Um, I do not know this, so please continue. Okay, so in 1 Samuel chapter 14, we have this account where Saul is sending out his soldiers to fight. And the soldiers are being led by Saul's son, Jonathan. And Saul decides, because they, to quote, the men of Israel were hard-pressed on that day, Saul put out an oath to Jehovah that if Jehovah helped them, he would, no man, none of his men would eat any food until the battle was done. He put them on a fasting vow. Cursed is the man who eats any food before the evening and until I have taken vengeance on my enemies. So none of them ate any food. Uh, but Jonathan hadn't heard about that and he went out there and he ate some honey and he felt pretty good about that. And when people told him about the, uh, his father's oath, he, he said basically, oh, that's pretty silly and ignored it. Then everyone else started starving. And when they were, when they started striking down the Philistines, they saw a bunch of sheep and cattle and calves, and they were so hungry that they just slaughtered them there, and they ate the meat along with the blood. They broke the rules. And Saul, when he learns about it, he says, hey, 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 guys, stop doing that. And then they start cooking the meat, and they eat the rest of it properly. That's it. That's nothing, it. nothing happens to any of them. But then, at the end, things start going wrong. And they realize Jehovah is not pleased. So they ask Jehovah to tell them why Jehovah is upset and what to do. And Jehovah indicates to them with the Thuman, which is a whole different thing we should talk what about someday. What is the Thuman? Oh, it, that should be a podcast That's a episode, episode. Is what that would be. Well, we haven't yeah. started the broadcast yet. Okay, okay. Well, we'll come back to that in a second. But they, they use the Thuman and they learn, they learn that Jehovah is upset about Jonathan because he ate the honey, not the blood. And they ask Jehovah, come on, man. Or to quote, it is unthinkable. That's really the Bible version of, come on, man. <laughs> and Jehovah's like, all right, sure. And they don't do any punishment. If this was what our family study was like, I would have 100% been way more involved and less apprehensive. Well, I have, a, I have something to compliment what, what you just said. I was a terrible family head. <laughs> <laughs> to compliment that, we also have the other part. Uh, something that, because I believe with, with, the, with the soul men, uh, what happened is that uh, later on, Saul was like, oh, don't worry, I'll just do a sacrifice. Uh, you'll be fine. And then that's it. It's done, right? Mm -hmm. But we also have a different a different uh, point uh, that shows us what the blood doctrine was really about. And that is in 2 Samuel chapter 20, uh, 23, verse uh, 15 to 17. I'm not going to read it all. But it's basically when David, uh, the King David, uh, was running away. And he said, oh, man, I could really go for a drink of those cistern waters from Jerusalem because that was, oh, man, I, I fucking love that, right? <laughs> and his men, his men heard that. And they couldn't approach there because, you know, they would they would probably be, get killed because they were, they were being searched by Saul and whatever. So what happened is that the men sneaked in because they loved David so much. They sneaked in and got water from those, the, the cistern or the, yeah. Whatever, whatever the name is, right? And brought it to David. And David considered that water blood. Uh, this is what it says in the, um, in the Bible uh, about David. He says, and he went on to say in verse 17, It is unthinkable on my part, O Jehovah, that I should do this. Shall I drink the blood of the men going at the risk of their souls? And he did not consent to drink it. And later on, he just pours it as, as an offering for Jehovah. Now, 
This re- th- this verse clearly tells you the issue with blood is about life. Mm-hmm. So shouldn't it be the most stupid thing to die for preserving it? Yeah. Shouldn't it doesn't it go directly against the spirit of this verse? That is how much Jehovah's Witnesses have twisted what the Bible says because yeah. the Bible is super like I'm I've done nothing but reading Bible verses. The Bible is very clear on the instance in blood and it's really not what Jehovah's Witnesses teach. Yeah, well and it's it's sad too because like you said considering the fact that all of the mosaic laws concerning blood really were just to protect life. Yeah. Yes. And I also think that that uh, that scripture where he says to quit abstaining from blood he also says, and things sacrificed to idols. And then you have a separate uh, verse that Paul, where Paul is asked about eating things sacrificed to idols. Like, how closely do we have to check? How much does this matter? And he basically says, yeah, don't worry about asking at the market. It's not a big deal. Just don't do it if, yeah. you, do know, if you know, don't do it on purpose. It's basic. He, he literally says, look, this is about the people who are weak in conscience, okay? If your conscience allows to eat, it's fine. Just don't be a dick about it because other people may not be fine with it. That's it. Yeah. So if that applies to, to the thing next to blood, why can't it apply to blood in life and, life and death situations right now, today? Especially when in the only yeah. case we ever see it in the Bible where someone eats blood, they eat it because they're starving and Jehovah shrugs it off and gets mad at the guy who ate honey. Yeah. Because it wasn't that important. It, it when wasn't someone that was important. starving, when their life depended on it, it didn't matter. It was about life. So obviously it wouldn't be important because people get it. Like you would obviously you obviously were allowed to break the law if it was like a life or death situation. You were allowed to break the law. It's fine. Yeah, it's that's the thing is um the way witnesses read the Bible, it's so cutthroat. Everything is so cutthroat. Nothing, every everything is literal to the point that I feel like the witnesses view it so dogmatically and forget that these are people. They, they, everybody was just people back then, just like we are now, which means people bent the rules all the time. And people weren't super dogmatic about things all the time. And that was fine. Wait, did, did you mean that people actually had a, a chaperone when they were dating, according <laughs> to what the Bible says? I, I can't uh, speak for that, but... I mean, I know that that's in the Bible, but are you saying they didn't do that all the time? I, that, that's what I'm saying. Oh, man, some people may have had beards back then, if you think about some it. Some people probably had sex before marriage back then. <laughs> it's, it's possible crazy. some people might have even masturbated. It is possible. That is That is going a bit too far uh, come on it just let's not let's not get crazy on this yeah because let me tell you who'll get crazy is garrett losh in this jw broadcasting episode are you guys ready that was a very nice transition yes thank you very much i've been working that on that was it. actually a great transition but i was gonna throw something in there also about the awakened vaccination that was a really good transition we can't afford to like i'm not gonna be able to do a better one. It's, listen, it's fine, but just don't expect anything, okay? All right. I already did the transition. I'll talk about vaccines another time. Come on. Brother no, Lush okay. put way too much into this for you to veer off with a vaccine <laughs> rant. We've heard enough vaccine rants. I was just going to say that back in the day, the awake used to say when it was called the Golden Age in 1921, vaccination never prevented anything and never will and <laughs> is the most barbarous practice. We are in the last days, and the devil is slowly losing his hold, making a strenuous effort 
Meanwhile, to do all the damage he can, and to his credit, can such evils be placed? Use your rights as American citizens to forever abolish this devilish, devilish practice of vaccinations. That doesn't sound very neutral to me. That was before they banned us from voting. They used to tell wow. us to vote against vaccinations. Wow, that is, oh, I love this. These are the people that are like, oh, no, just trust us when it comes to medical advice. We, we really know what we're talking about. This is, we're guided by the Holy Spirit. You can't fail. Yes. And except when we do it. But, you know, if, do, if you do, it's fine. Don't think about it. Don't think, don't think about those. Those didn't happened. happen. Those weren't actually witnesses. Those were goats in sheep's clothing. So <laughs> I mean, it says it was the golden age, not the awake. We don't even have the golden. It's 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 all light. What are you talking about? Probably a Mormon book. <laughs> all right, so let's just get started with the broadcasting. All right. When Jesus was on Earth, he was not married, so he did not have the privilege of having children. But you parents have that privilege. What a treasure! What does the governing body want to tell you children? That we love you. We are so happy to have you with us, and we would like to help you to become and remain worshipers of Jehovah. This is JW Broadcasting, April 2022, uh, presented by Garrett Losh, accompanied by Alex Rainmuller, uh, which is a helper to the governing body. Uh, and this is barely just uh, in the two-minute break. And I wanted to talk about this because this broadcasting is going to be about pretty much just child indoctrination. Now, we all know the Jehovah's Witnesses have a child abuse problem. If you're listening to this and you're like, what? What, what, what are you talking about? You can just, you can just type it on Google, uh, maybe look into a Wikipedia uh, article, and just remember that as we go through the broadcasting. I don't really want to dwell on it because I know that you either don't know about it, and I shouldn't be talking about this. This isn't the way that you should be learning about this. You should be learning about this in, in like a, a proper research, not, you know, said by an idiot, which is me. But also, it's a huge bummer because if you if you do know about it, you know all of it, all of it already. So I don't really want to get into it. it. There's an issue. That's it. I'll, I'll just try to keep my comments outside the, the CSA cases. However, uh, this, I wanted, I wanted to talk about uh, a different focus uh, for this episode. And I wanted to talk about something that hits close to heart to, to a lot of us. And that is how parents are basically just Jehovah's Witnesses first. Because the only reason parents are indoctrinated to believe that their children have value is, well, let's see what Gary Lodge has to say about that. Christian parents value and appreciate you children more than a million dollars. How do we know? Because Psalm 127, verse 3, says that children are an inheritance from Jehovah. Garen Lush just, just told Edmil and Jehovah's Witnesses that the only reason why children are valuable is because they are a gift from Jehovah. And if they are a gift from Jehovah, then they're not really theirs. And if they're not really theirs then that causes this passive approach to being a parent that I think is the key to understanding how 
parent can disfellowship yeah. and shun their own children, which is why, which is what I wanted to talk about instead of CSA cases, because uh, I just find it more relevant and more, more, more prevalent. What do you guys? Yeah, think? I, I agree because, um, fortunately, not everybody left the organization because they were victims of CSA. But unfortunately, everyone who leaves ends up becoming a victim of shunning. And everyone who leaves at one point was a child. And a lot of us end up getting yes. shunned by our parents. And so I think it's very revel- relevant. Relevant? Relevant. And I, uh, I think that this is pretty relevant for me, especially at the moment with recent experiences. Um, but yeah, like they are trained to view uh, their children is, as worthless if they are not Jehovah's Witnesses. And you're, you're probably going to get to this in a bit, but they, uh, they are, they're trained to also, I feel like they're almost trained to gaslight. They're trained to make the child feel like they're, they're shutting them. Well, they're trained to do one thing and one thing only. And Garrett Losh is about to tell, to tell us what that thing is. Jehovah views you children as a very valuable gift that he has given to your parents. He expects parents to take good care of this gift. He entrusts parents with the welfare and happiness of their children. And when parents do their best uh, for you, it especially makes us happy when you children do your best to please and serve Jehovah. Huh. It is all about your relationship with Jehovah. It's not about uh-huh. being kind. It's not about the family. No, no, no. It's about this is what Jehovah wants. And the moment this isn't what Jehovah wants, then you just shun them because you're not basing it on what is better it, for my child or for my yeah, parents. You you're basing it on what, what does Jehovah want. Because you're, you're, you're brainwashed into not caring about them in the traditional sense and it doesn't mean that witness parents don't love their kids who leave but they think that they're doing what is loving and uh, you know because they've been convinced that what is loving is what jehovah wants so what jehovah wants is how they can express love to their children and they're wrong but that's really what they believe it's sad they they truly believe that when they shun their children it's them loving their children. They, it's you can't yeah. really blame them for that whatsoever because, I mean, what what, what are you gonna do? You know, it's yeah. just it, it, we would have done the same. And I think it's something important uh, to keep in mind when when we talk uh, to other Jehovah's Witnesses. We we did this. We would have done this. It's just we were lucky enough to 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 get into a set of circumstances where we realized that we were in a cult. But mm-hmm. they haven't. So. Even though they are shunning their own children, please remember uh, what Garrett Lodge said and what, what they always say and how they twist people into believing that uh, this fellowshipping is a loving arrangement because this is, this is a very telling one. Now, um, uh, I, I wanted to, uh, I, I just wanted to share that I think that uh, Garrett Lodge looks a little bit like Crush the Sea Turtle from Finding Nemo. Uh, the parent turtle that, that I mean, carries yeah. Nemo. Theory. I mean, not not personality wise, but like the combination of the eyes and, and his neck I think and he the looks way like a really it comes tall, out of the shell. 
I think he looks like a really tall version of the guy from Up. I could see that. Yeah, I could see but, that. But look, yeah. look, look at the his difference neck. is that the guy from Up is a sympathetic character. Yeah. 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 I feel if Garrett Lush wasn't uh, like if if he had just found love instead of a cult, he he could probably be the guy from Up. Yeah. I, I mean, I feel like if anyway. someone was making a movie about a cult and they put a character like Garrett Lush in charge, uh, people would think it's too unrealistic. Yeah. Yeah, he's 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 a bit boring, uh, and uh, but they all are, you know, they all are. But a he also bit like boring. he appears and feels kind of unproblematic out of all of them. Like he's like the least problematic yeah. so far. Which yeah, he's which just he kind of boring. Not if you're familiar with but, the uh, case against Garrett Loesch. Oh, I am not familiar with that. But you that's are. For another you time. told me about it. Oh yeah, that is for another time. But I'll I will be talking the about CSA that in my battle. video. So oh, it's him. Oh, ew. the one that knew about it. The one that knew about it. Ew. Yeah, he's unproblematic inside the Jehovah's yeah. Witnesses, but outside, he's pretty much Jeffrey Jackson. Okay, let's just—we're not gonna—we're t- not gonna watch the rest of the of the speech because it's just, it just—it it just hits the the points that you think you're going—we're going to hit um, uh, when when we're, when we're talking about obedient indoctrinated children. Yeah, yeah the, he's obedient. gonna talk about bad associations. He talks about it a, a little bit later. He's he. He says how Jesus' parents took him to the temple. So therefore, you know, since that happened once a year, that also, that means meetings. So you should do it kids all the time. Twice a week, you know, because of the whole, like, day year principle thing, you know? It's <laughs> exactly. got to be that. <laughs> there you go. It's, it's all Bible-based. He doesn't yeah. he doesn't make that Bible-based connection, but I think we all know that that's where it comes. Well, and Jesus was also, perfect, so our kids need extra. That's and true. actually, That's I, I thought that it was worth talking about at the beginning of this, um, how they talked about uh, parents having this great privilege from Jehovah, which which struck me as interesting, because for those of you who are not Jehovah's Witnesses, um, Jehovah's Witnesses are actually somewhat discouraged from having children. They're not told that it's bad, but they're told that if you can, if you can resist uh, being married and having children in favor of doing more work to the organization, that that is preferable. So it, I find it interesting for them to talk about the privilege of having parents that Jehovah has given you, when it's also something that, you know, if you can avoid doing it, you should. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a privilege, but something that you shouldn't do. Uh, if, you, if you could avoid it, but if you can, make sure it works for the well, co- uh, but Jehovah. Remember, too, that this is, what, the April broadcast? And recently, yes. they've had member, they've had a drop off in membership, so they're probably going to start encouraging people to have children. Yeah, probably because they're not going to be able to increase membership because people from Gen Z are not going to join the witnesses. It's a pity that millennials these days can't afford children. I know. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, we're not going to listen to the rest of the podcast because we have better things to do. We know, we know, children are like arrows, and then we know that Gary Lodge is going to be like, yeah, you you see how it it says here that there are like arrows. Well, uh, it, it the there's also the, the the Bible forgot that there's also a target, and the target is them being working for us. If you think about it, we're not going to talk about that bit. We have better things to talk about because I thought of a game, and I totally forgot about it until just now. I'm going to tell you the formula of JW Broadcasting of this JW Broadcasting the the the, the schedule, um, because they always follow a very specific a very specific formula, and as we know, they always hide at least. One tier segment. Mm. It's going to be hidden. So I'm going to tell you 
what the program is, and you guys are going to tell me where do you think the tiers are hidden. There may be one or two tier segments. Are you ready to play? Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. Give it to us. All right. So this is this is the. Wait. So, so this is the so broadcast. Repeat again. What I'm going to be doing? I'm going to tell you the segments of the broadcast, and you're going to have to guess which ones are the tiers. And we're segments. guessing separately, right? We're competing. As oh, you can get separately. You can be. You can be together. No, you can. No, we're competing because we're good spouses. Awesome. Yes. Awesome. Okay. I'm you you guys win. get to choose. Get to choose. Like I, I'm just going to read them. And then we're, we'll start with Dax. You're going to choose one. And then we'll go with Peems. You're, you're going to choose one. Then Dax, you're going to choose a second one, just just in case. Mm-hmm. And then Peems, you're going to choose a second one. And then we'll figure out who okay. wins. Now, I'm not going to play because I, I would win. Actually, well, I, be- I don't remember. You don't remember? How convenient. <laughs> you, you knew the <laughs> answer. I'm not going to play. I'm not going to play. I'm not going to play. I blacked out. <laughs> So this is how we're, this is what we're going to talk about. I'm not even sure if these yeah. segments were in this episode. I don't know. <laughs> this is yeah, exactly. Sorry. This is J, this is a JW broadcasting for April. This is a schedule. Remember, don't tell me anything until I'm done, okay. and then we'll start with Dax. So that way, we keep it. This is a very very important game that I just made. Up, okay, game. I'm very committed. Yeah, I'm very committed to it. I've, I've been committed to it since 30 okay, seconds get, ago I'm, when I started. I'm so get some scratch paper and a pen, just in case. Okay, perfect. All right. So this is the formula. We get the intro by Alex Rainmuller, which we already did. We get the speech by uh, Garrett Lodge, which, I mean, there's not going to be a tier segment over there. It's Garrett Lodge, Yeah, they don't right? care about children. What's he going to do? Moving on. Okay, so, moving on. They're gonna, there's going to be some Caleb and Sophia interviews. Then, everyone's favorite ep- segment, My Teen Life. Then, The Power of Parental Training. Uh, morning worship given by whatever uh, this guy called elephant or something like that. Um, we'll 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 get it better down the down the podcast. I, I hope. Then the music video. The music can also be the tier mm-hmm. segment. Remember, mm-hmm. they can al- they can always be a tier segment. And the postcard. The what? So the postcard where they talk about last time it was Alaska for some reason. But there could be a tier segment over there. This postcard was, for what it's worth, this postcard was a little bit longer than Alaska last mm. time, I think, from memory. Probably not. So, okay. Dax, so. you have to choose one. Choose one, and then later we'll go back to your backup. Power of parental training. The power of parental uh-huh. training. The morning worship. That's the tier segment. Then Peems, what is? what do you think is a tier segment? Where well, is she took my guess. Hidden, hiding. She took my guess. Really? But I'm going to go with my teen life. It's going to be the tragic story of a teenager my making teen bad decisions. Ooh, maybe. That, now, that was Dax, be my, what is your backup? That was going to be my backup, so now i got to switch. Um, postcard. <laughs> postcard. Okay. Uh, Peems, what is your backup? The music video. The music video. All right. I think you, you guys did bad, but one of them uh, did, did worse than the it's other. probably uh, Caleb Let's and figure Sophia. it out. It's going to be Caleb getting disfellowshipped for eating birthday cake. I know. I was thinking about it. I was like, what if it's Caleb and Sophia? <laughs> well, let's find out. D- do one of the parents die? Let's find worse, out. With they get disfellowshipped the, the and Caleb and Sophia have to shun them. I'm trying to, I'm trying to do this. I don't want to. <laughs> 
You gotta you give us time, bro. I was trying. You can hardly breathe. I was, I was trying to introduce it, and I was like, "No, I can introduce it before taking the drink of water." <laughs> you, can, you, can, you gotta give us time to riff before you introduce the next segment. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I'm just, you know, I'm just gonna You're give just you time. So to excited, riff, and then I'm just gonna cut that this bit. Sorry. You're just so excited. I am so excited. Okay, I'm, what's I the can't answer? Wait to start this I'm game. excited. Tell me if I won. No, no, we'll 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 find out as we watch the broadcast. Oh, I know. I love this game. I, I know this game. Sorry, this game is my game. I made it for my entertainment. I should have told you the, the, this right. before. Wow. Wait, let me. I do have to um, make sure that my. Did you record down our answers? Yes. Okay. Okay. Next time we're doing bingo. Oh yeah, maybe. So let's let's get started with the Caleb and Sophia interviews. Whatever. It's hard to believe it's been almost a decade since that first release in 2012. In that time, the Become Jehovah's Friends series has proved to be a real gift from Jehovah. Through these Bible lessons, children can learn to be kind. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Ten years of Caleb and Sophia. That's why I'm here, and I'm Caleb. There's a joke there. I don't know. Let's figure out if this, if if there's tear segment over here by really getting into the meat of the. Bone. Is this is this a ten year anniversary of Caleb and Sophia? Not really, yeah. because it hasn't been ten years. But they really can't wait to talk about spiritual food and their spiritual food. I don't think they should be celebrating birthdays, even <laughs> of their show. It's an anniversary. They're allowed to do anniversaries and Thanksgiving or something like that. Laura, our middle child, was perfectly healthy until she turned four years old. That's when she was diagnosed with a rare tumor in her central nervous system. Unfortunately, when the treatment was over, Laura passed away. This is a tear segment, everyone. This is, this is a tear segment. This Caleb and Sophia. This is not Caleb and Sophia. This is about... Ca- oh, let, let's keep playing. Okay. Even while she was sick, she just loved watching the videos. Her favorite one was Let's Go in Service. This video really made her want to talk about Jehovah. During the time that she was receiving uh, chemotherapy treatments, which lowered her immunity, we couldn't even leave the house with her. Listen, we can't, we can't watch this because it's really bumming me out. But I'll tell you what, what it's about. Um, it's about a girl that uh, is very sick. And can't go outside um, sometimes because of immune issues, and 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 she can't. She keeps telling her parents how she can't go to service because she been she has been watching Caleb and Sophia. So now she was like, "Oh, I really wish I could go into service and and give some free labor to JW." It's a pre, it's a big bummer. Um, yeah. But hey, you asked. The, so you 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 made the you made me talk about it. So it's 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 your fault, okay? <laughs> well, here's the thing. It's just so sad because this is a very sad story, already. It's very sad. It's a very sad story, and it's sad, sadder to me that they're using this story to capitalize on the fact that it somewhat correlates with 
the almost 10th year anniversary of Caleb and Sophia videos. And they're almost like trying to use that to, ugh, it's gross. It's gross. Yeah. Let me just, let me just show you how Tony ends the segment because I mean, I don't know about you, but I, I can't, I, I always love an excuse to see Tony again. Oh, Tony's my favorite. Oh, same. No doubt. You look forward to sharing every new video with your child to help them learn to love and respect Jehovah, Jesus, and God's word. But more important, how do you think Jehovah feels knowing that a young child can come to know him through this animated series and grow up to become his dedicated servant? That is truly special. Yes, yes. Aren't we, aren't, uh, Jehovah is not, Jehovah does not care that children are learning about him through animated videos. And that is not more important than everything else that prefaced it. Yeah, uh, this, this again, follows the same, uh, the same trope, the same theme of mm -hmm. child indoctrination is the absolute most important thing a Jehovah's Witness with children can do. Why? Because Jehovah yep. wants it. And you all, you guys all know how we interpret the Bible, so you guys all know how to indoctrinate your children. That is basically what Jehovah is saying. Make Jehovah happy. Yeah, because because Jehovah I, happy, and if you don't, Jehovah sad. I feel like that's one of their most baseline manipulations that they really hit us with was, you know, if you celebrate a birthday, Jehovah will be sad, but when you stand up for him, Jehovah's happy, and the angels applaud you. And like I got so much of that as a child. Even as a child, I, d I didn't buy that. But now children literally have Caleb and Sophia videos showing them literally that, like exactly that. Well, and like really with all the problems in the... Sorry, my dog is whining because he wants popcorn. Here you go, bud. Um, with all the problems in the world, how presumptuous of us to think that Jehovah cares about what little kids are doing. Exactly. Now, uh, let's just go to the next segment, which is Pim's favorite segment my teen life is there a new is there not a new caleb and sophia uh no this this is just self what we just heard is just self-congratulatory stuff on hey isn't spiritual food great let's do more spiritual food about the spirit the spiritual food and let's 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 bring all of these people that also think spiritual food is great that's basically it wait it was just patting themselves on the back about yeah. caleb and sophia there's no there's no new video to watch no 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 it's just, just them and then the tear segment why do you need a Caleb and Sophia segment when you already have a tier segment? Wow. Okay. However, okay. Uh, you know, you both lost because, you know, you, you both yeah. pretty bad choices. I However, bet. let me tell you, there is yet another tier segment to come. So you guys can still win. So we can still win. That's why you have to do a second guess. Exactly. See, ah. it's all it's all planned. This, this game was better planned than this podcast. Let's jump right into the next segment. Me and my mum started attending meetings and studying the Bible when I was five years old. When I was 13, I decided to get baptised. I decided to dedicate my life to Jehovah when I was 14. To me, Jehovah is a wonderful God. He's not just a friend you can count on, but also a father. I don't have a spiritual father here on earth, but I have Jehovah as my father. 
So these are the two protagonists or of this Mighty in Life episode. Um, it's basically uh, one of them had uh, his mom, uh, the, the guy, his mom became a divorcee and left the religion. So he was like, this is a huge challenge for me because I ideally I would like to have both parents indoctrinating me. That is basically his challenge. He's going to talk about it. We're not going to hear it because it's kind of boring. However, we are going to hear what the lady has to say. Some of the truths that convinced me that Jehovah was really my God were mainly basic truths. I believe that they're like the foundation of a house. Without a good base, good foundation, a house will not remain standing. For example, I wanted to understand better from a more scientific standpoint that Jehovah really created all things. So I read a lesson from the brochure Origin of Life. From that I saw how Jehovah really made everything in a very complex way and that there was no other explanation. It was doubts like that that moved me to study the Bible more and help me to build a better friendship with Jehovah and to be more convinced that he was the true God. Any thoughts on that? Um, tons. Yeah? First of all, she said many basic truths. Yes. And then all we heard is that um, she read a science article produced by the Watchtower that tells her that it's science-based. Yes. Yes. And then how there is, and I quote, no other explanation. Yeah. Which yeah. she's gathered from her research in the Watchtower. Exactly. The Watchtower no told... sources. The, the Watchtower, Watchtower proves the Watchtower, of course. Yes. Exactly. So wh why do you need to listen to anything else when the Watchtower is already telling you there's no other explanation? If there are, there's, other, there's no other explanation, well, there's no need to read anything that Darwin said or, you know, to read the, you know the quotes in context. Like, there you know there's no other explanation. What's funny about this is um, back when I woke up in January, Peems was telling me that... You know, everything about the witnesses is very, like, 1984. And I was like, oh, I don't really see it. Um, no. It's insane. It's crazy. Yeah. It's absolutely insane, the thought control that they have over people. And it makes me feel terrified that I fell for it. Yeah. Uh, we were terrifying. It's, we were it's, it's really... Um, oh, shoot. I can't think of the word. Um, it gives you a a strong sense of humility to look back and realize how indoctrinated you were. You know, you, even if you think of yourself as a pretty smart person, and then you look at, like, the last decade of your life and go, wow, like, yeah, I mean, I, I, I fell for this, right? What else could I be falling for? Yeah. Yeah, and I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tie that back uh, to our last segment on how to move on. This is this is moving on the move, moving on segment. I think it's the official name uh, that that we gave it last time, but not before we go into the other thing that she has to say, which is pretty interesting, and I think is gonna make one of you pretty happy. I'm gonna cut this bit so it it is like super dramatic and it's just it's just like it it immediately. <laughs> 
The biggest challenge I faced when I was a teenager was when my parents got divorced and then my mum stopped serving Jehovah. At that time in my life, I was 15, 16 years old. At that age, you need a lot of support and guidance from your parents. It was a time when I didn't get that guidance. Wait, that's the one that we're not gonna play. Wait, pause, please pause. My mom stopped serving Jehovah and then cue him in an alleyway looking a little bit homeless. Yeah. As if his mom stopped serving Jehovah and suddenly he's homeless? I, I know, I was, gonna, I was gonna skip this bit. But no, why? No. <laughs> Your mom stopping serving Jehovah means you are homeless. She's probably having drugs, taking drugs while having being drugs. abused. She's taking drugs while being abused by her worldly boyfriend. Yeah. And crying over a watchtower. Yes. Also, the, are, are those DCs? Like, how, how did this guy bought DCs? <laughs> you know? Anyway, let, let's keep watching. When I was 17, I found out that my mom had cancer. It was a heartbreaking situation. Suddenly my life was turned upside down. I had to learn how to care for our home, how to cook, how to care for someone sick, and how to give emotional support to that person. There you go, Peems won. This is also a tier segment, everybody. He didn't even pay Second attention. Second tier oh my segment. Gosh. No. I, I did. No, because you weren't even paying attention. You don't get to win. <laughs> I mean, he still he still prize. chose the right one. <laughs> so yeah, this is my teen life featuring a tier segment, which, as we all know, is not about Bible-based doctrine, or it's not about it's not about what we usually considered up until recently spiritual food to be the food about the Bible. No, no, no. This is mm -hmm. about this. Is just interviews to to make you feel something. Because that way, if, if this is making you feel something real, then maybe the religion is real. Yep. That's it. That's that's why we're doing this tier segment kind of bit. Just to show that this is, it really is its whole purpose. It's just to yeah. make you cry. There's no more purpose in this. No. No, the, the purpose is to get you emotional. So that way the next thing they say, which, what do they say after this tier segment? Well, she actually has something very chilling to say. And let me just, let me just play this bit. We don't know when problems will suddenly come up. So it's important that we take Jehovah's side before the challenges, before problems arise. And isn't this what Jehovah's Witnesses are all about? I don't know when problems are going to arise. Either, you know, me dying or Armageddon mm. coming or whatever. And I'm only as good as the last day that I was a Jehovah's Witness. So... Yep. I need to be on the lookout because I don't know when the problems arise. <laughs> and as she says, we need to take the right side before challenges arise. Because once the challenges are there, once you're dead, once a great tribulation starts or whatever, if you're out, that's it. You're, you're done. Yeah. You're, you're done. Man, I don't think that's problematic at all. <laughs> Nothing stressful about that. Not in the slightest. The happiest totally people, healthy. everyone. This is this is the happiest, uh, the, happiest the best way to live. This is the this best is way the, to live. This is the best organization on on earth. I mean, it's imperfectly perfect, you know. Yeah, exactly. You get it. You get it. Do you want to get baptized? <laughs> no. Oh, see ya. F you. Uh, I guess what I was trying to figure out is when is the first? Um, when was the first time they started this uh, teen life segment? 
I think about less than a year ago, a year ago-ish, I want to say. Because, oh, is this is this on how it's been changing? Because I know it's your favorite segment, and I yeah, know I you've been taking real time, close. You've like, been taking paying really close attention to anything that has changed in your favorite segment, right? Exactly. So I need I need to find the first one because what I remember was being surprised at how they really they really edited it to feel like YouTubers. And it yes. felt like a very different style of editing. But now they've gone back with both the last one and with this one. They are cutting this like a convention part. It's just these people sitting, facing the camera, and telling a story. There's no funny things with their parents and, and them, them like not relating to their parents. or There's no goofiness. It just went straight back to the convention format of, I was doing this one thing, but I really should have been doing this other thing. And then I did that other thing, and Jehovah was happy. Yeah, and, it's, and like it's basically a, a pre-written challenge. Yeah, they've reversed the changes. Yeah, the, it, it's it's been like sanded down to to fit the the, the rest of the um, of, of of the broadcast like more seamless seamlessly. It's just it's no longer my teen life. If if you didn't know, you know what? Even the the song that introduces a segment now mm -hmm. feels out of place because. Everything else is a little bit too serious. Did you notice? Anyway, yeah. look. Just Does this make you sad, Peems, since this is your favorite segment? <laughs> you're heartbroken, right? It's, it's my favorite segment to rant about. I think I know exactly where you're going. The clip that you're looking for is okay. this guy. This one. I found it. Do you want to play it? Wow, you're fast. Yeah, you want to play it? So, Dax, this is a very new segment that just started with the uh, updates this year. Um, and when we first saw this changed format, we were very surprised. We realized... This is this is completely new direction. This is a new segment we've never seen in a JW broadcast. Um, and as time went on, they have they have edited them back into a normal style presentation. So oh. let's go ahead and watch what it looked like uh, earlier this year when they first started doing it. The way my parents grew up wasn't the same way that I grew up. They grew up in a different country. They spoke a different language. They grew up in a different time. That was horrible, and I don't understand why they. Why did they have an adult come in and talk about when they were a teen when they could just have a teen in yes. there? And then the one teen they do show is silent and just rolls their eyes at their parent. They're, they're, so weird. They're cutting it with like little meme clips and gifs, and they've got this like funky background music going on, and it's like it's upbeat and it's chipper and. And that was the My Teen Life segment. Yeah, and, and then suddenly it's super racist. Yes. And then it's suddenly like, super know. racist, yeah. But then but then if you go look at the new the new My Teen Life, it doesn't have those memes. It doesn't have that funky background music. It's just a standard convention part. But you know so what, like, what does have a tier segment? Because in this teen life, you wouldn't have been able to put a tier segment in. Like it's just true. it's too upbeat. Yes. That's how important the tier segments have become. That they, they changed my teen life to be able to, inter to introduce a tier segment in it. <laughs> it's yeah, it's insane. Yikes. Anyway, let's go back to uh, the broadcast. But yeah, that was, that was a really great. That was a great take. But uh, let me tell you, you may be able to find something uh, a little bit more to your speed. Because if you thought... Oh, my teen segment, it's the kind of thing for a teen, and I'm not teen anymore. I'm 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 in my whatever other age I'm in. <laughs> well, let me tell you, the Jehovah's Witnesses is something for you as well. Jehovah has been
baking something delicious in his heavenly, heavenly oven. oven. <laughs> Jinx, you owe me a coke. We call it. I, the, I didn't we call it that. Hub. I didn't. I, we literally said it at the same time. Yeah. I, I'm gonna call it a hoven for short. <laughs> so let's listen. Let's listen in to the new segment uh, that uh, Jehovah has brought to you. A wedding is a special day, but marriage is something that wives and husbands need to strengthen every day. To help Christian couples, the governing body has approved the development of a new series. It's called For a Happy Marriage. Are you guys ready? Vid Garrett no, Lush. I'm already just... pissed. I'm so pissed off already. I'm so angry. <laughs> I love. Oh my god. Let's I find out what this is about, though. Let's find out what this is about. I'm I'm <sighs> gonna cut the intro because you know you can always cut. Why the intro would you do this to us, Caleb? <laughs> well, let's jump right in then, because this is this is an amazing segment with a really, really, really great Bible-based advice that I think we can appro- we can uh, we can apply in all of our marriages and. and you're going to be really surprised as to what advi- advice that is. It's going to be, ooh, we, need the, we needed the Bible for this, uh, yeah, okay? Yeah, 20 bucks if they mention headship. <laughs> or <Yeah>. submission. <laughs> yep. Let's figure this out. If, I mean, I don't know what kind of stuff your guys are into, but... <laughs> what, oh, you mean from the Bible? Yeah, maybe. Let, let's figure this out. As married couples, most of us have been there. The day-to-day pace of life, work, distractions can cause us to draw away from our mate emotionally. Uh, I, I watched something prove me wrong right after I say this, but I feel like I've noticed that mixed race couples are extremely rare on JW broadcasting. You know what? You're right. I hadn't noticed and now I'm thinking about them. I spend a little bit of time and I can't remember. I mean, I'm I'm sure they've shown it, but it's not really the rule, is it? The rule is each race to its own pretty much. Yeah, I wonder if they're just trying not to like offend the racists. No, here's what's actually happening. So because of their strict rules about um, about like being around the opposite gender uh, when you're unmarried, well, these are just actors, so they're probably not married to each other. So what they're doing is they're having siblings pretend they're married, <laughs> and that's why they all look like their spouses. I Ooh. buy that theory. That is a nice theory. Now, we just heard. I, I think it might actually just be true. I don't think it's a theory. <laughs> Let's ask Ben Ford. He probably knows this stuff. Uh, we'll, yeah, we got to ask Ben Ford. Yeah, I'll, 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 tweet, I'll tweet him. Definitely and asking me. Ben. Although I, th- I think Ben is just two Jakes in a trench coat. So <laughs> that's true. Yeah, he's just, he's just Jake's friend, as as, as Lloyd has told us. Anyway, uh, <laughs> did did you notice the challenge uh, that it's posed? Because I know uh, this losing. is a very boring segment, so I had to yeah. play it twice to it get the challenge. It was unhappiness, right? No. Uh, not exactly. Lost. No, it wasn't loss. No, it's no, so it's not loss. <laughs> I know. Actually, <laughs> I was just thinking fun. about the fact that they they all look like they were siblings. <laughs> so we might have to replay that again. Well, basically, the issue is 
sometimes you feel like you 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 are you're growing apart. That's yeah. it. That's the issue. That's the issue. Growing apart. Growing apart. But fret. I not. mean, I would I would but grow. Fret not. Let us hear oh. the answer. Yeah, I would grow apart too if that's that's what I had to eat every day. What is that? Spaghettios? I know. I don't think it's even Spaghettios. It oh, it's old sad, people though. food. It's old people food because they're old. It's people. Old Midwestern old Americans. Old people food take, always have this because it's chewy and warm. They think salt is seasoning. Uh, hold on. Salt. I hate to break this to you. Salt is a seasoning. But it's not the only seasoning it's, that it's should not, be in a dish. But Sorry, I meant I meant to say salt is a spice. Okay. Now let's hear the inspired word of God. Tells us what to do when you're falling apart. This is, again, I, I want you to set your expectations. This is God's advice to married couples who are growing apart. So this is something pretty, you, you can't think of this by yourself. Okay? It's, 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 it's God, all right? It's God. So if you think you can think about this yourself, you, you, can't, you can't. Okay, I, I build it up enough. Let's, let's play this. But how can we know what to give? What actions to take so our mate feels our love and affection? The best way to know is simply to ask. What does our mate need? Some feel loved when they are actively listened to or hear warm expressions of appreciation. For others, it's expressions of love shown through touch or simply quality time. Others find that helping them with chores and sharing the workload at home makes them feel cherished. But whatever the discussion reveals, and regardless of our mate's imperfections, Yeah, whatever. So the Babel advice is just ask. Just ask what the, well, what the other person wants. That's it. And the fact that they are always portraying, whenever they mention the, because this is just directly pulled from a Watchtower article that I've read a thousand times. Yeah, and I think I've when they read talk this about, many times as well. Yeah, when they talk about helping the spouse with household chores and they always portray yeah. the spouse who needs help as being a woman because that's woman's work. Of course. <laughs> Obviously. And so how wonderful for you to take it upon yourself I mean, to do feminine work when you're a man. Yeah, I've been by myself uh, without, without my wife for, for like a couple of weeks. And uh, I, haven't, I haven't even gotten close to, to <laughs> doing laundry because I have a penis. So how could I? You know, it's just, how could you? Exactly. It's impossible. It, it would get in the way. Exactly. <laughs> you know, it's just I, it's a couple of centimeters, but it just, it's, it's, too, it, it's, too, it's so it's much enough. of a bother. It's enough. It's enough. Yeah. Let's it's just say enough. it's, it's enough, enough of an issue. Difficult. Yeah, it's not even difficult. Just kind of like mildly inconvenient. Like just, just, <laughs> just a tiny bit inconvenient, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, I also want to point out, I believe that last segment we just watched, they just listed the five love languages. Like someone at Bethel has been reading modern psychology books. Are you familiar with the five love languages, Caleb? No. What is that? Um, it is from a... Uh, from a recent from a book from 1992 uh, called the five love languages that is a uh, is a book that theorizes that people uh, express and feel love in different ways uh, and so the 
according to this book, the way that you need, you need to figure out which of the five love languages is the one your spouse has and then meet that love language. And the five love languages, according to this psychiatry book, are physical touch, acts of service, words of affirmation, quality time, and gift giving. You know that episode of The Simpsons where Homer meets Elon Musk? And Elon Musk keeps thinking that Homer is saying like this this amazing stuff, but it's really because like the point is like Elon Musk is, is pretty smart. I think that's exactly what you've done here. I think you've heard this and you were like, you know what? Maybe they've actually read a book. <laughs> I just think that they literally just copied and pasted the five love languages. I mean, you can find love language quizzes all over the internet. And if you go back and, and replay that last segment, actually, let's, let's replay that really quick. Okay, let's replay it. Some feel loved when they are actively listened to or hear warm expressions of appreciation. Words of affirmation. For others, it's expressions of love shown through touch or simply Physical quality touch, time. quality time. Others find that helping them with chores and sharing the workload Acts at home Acts of service. makes them feel cherished. The only one they won't do is gift giving because yeah. witnesses can't afford gifts. Yeah, that's yeah. four out and of five. They, holidays, and, you pagan. And they don't have any excuse to give them because what's your excuse to give someone a gift? It, there, there's nothing. <laughs> there's nothing. Yeah. So I, I, I think we just copy pasted this off of the five love languages. I, I still I still think it's giving them a little bit too much credit. <laughs> so I, hey, I mean, like the the five love languages has almost turned into the relationship version of Myers Briggs. So like everyone like does the quiz online at some point. Well, if they did, uh, maybe uh, they did it. Everyone uh, except you. Well, yeah, maybe. You know what? Maybe that's why my wife is gone. Anyway, let's move to the next segment. These videos will be so helpful for husbands and wives, and for those who are thinking about getting married. We are thankful to the governing body for this series, and we look forward to future episodes. So you're being told what you feel, and what you feel yeah, is... Yeah, we are grateful. Thankful. Not to thankful. Jehovah, not to Jesus, not to the Holy Spirit, but to the faithful and discreet slave because this cult is turning before it was a publishing cult now it's a personality cult this is yep. this is language that you wouldn't have heard even 15 years ago 10 years ago even you wouldn't have heard this you're right anyway let's jump into let's jump into a segment about something that i really did not want to talk about i have before we jump into the segment let me just tell you something real quick uh, to, to the listeners you guys know the listeners <laughs> i have a list of like 50 60 topics that i want to get to at some point those topics range you know from the blood issue to 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 issues with the faithful and discreet slave to the issues with the doctrine to issues with history all of that stuff and you know the one thing that i never wanted to talk about the one thing that i never wanted to talk about was the mexico and Malawi scandal. The oh Mexi no. The Mexican Malawi scandal. It it's just this horrible 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 thing that happened and I thought there's like I'm, I'll read about it, I'll learn it 
and then I'll never talk about it because it's not really gonna hurt anyone because everyone is just gonna say, oh, it's all light or, or whatever, and then they're just gonna shelve it. It's not like Watchtower is gonna talk about it later, right? And then they did this. Wait, they're gonna talk about Mexico and Malawi? Well, let's see what they're gonna talk about. In the mid-1960s, when I was pioneering, the political system was changing rapidly in the country, making it difficult for brothers to maintain their neutral stand. Brothers were beaten, their Bibles and literature burned for refusing to buy political party cards. They burned down the brothers' homes and kingdom hall in my area. I was stopped because of not having a political party card. Now, he's giving you a very quick version of what happened to him, but Peems, I, re I really I really don't want to talk about him. So I asked Peems, I will talk I about Peems it, but I think you need to play this video out for Dax. Oh, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll jump back into the video, but before, before we keep watching the video, I just want to... I just want to talk about the, what actually happened in Mexico, Malawi, because then we can compare to the rest of the video. Uh, yes, this, Peems, this is... Could, could you let us know what happened in Mexico, Malawi? Basically, beginning in 1964, Jehovah's Witnesses in Malawi began to experience persecution and violence on a scale rarely equaled in modern times. Essentially, the, a single party took over the country, and it became a one-party state. And they mandated that all people had to purchase a party card of the ruling party. And if they didn't carry that party card on them, uh, they, they would be mobbed in the streets. People would, would kill them. And there was a series of mobs in 1964, 1967, 1972, and 1975. And in the first attack, over a thousand Malawan families saw their homes burned. Um, in the 1967 attacks, uh, over 1,000 women reported being raped. Um, there are some horrific things uh, of women being raped in front of their families by multiple and people. are these all witnesses, or...? Yes. It is Jehovah's oh. Witnesses being attacked by mobs because they won't buy the party cards. Uh, there is waves of violence, beatings, torture, and murder. And they have... And thousands of people fled. Um, during this time, someone in Malawi wrote to the branch. And they said, can we just buy the cards? You know, we're not going to be political can we just buy the cards so that people stop getting murdered and the governing body said no they wrote them a letter back telling them that they could not purchase the cards um now can i discuss mexico oh yeah uh hold on um can you just go into why because so far a jehovah's witness listening to this which I don't think there's going to be any. But if, if anyone doesn't know, like like Dax, um, they're going to think, well, yeah, this is pretty typical Jehovah's Witnesses stuff. Um, it's probably no, something but about... here's what I'm thinking. If it's a party card, I have a feeling that has nothing to do... And you said it's just for the, the one ruling party, right? Yes, it's, it's a one-party state. Yeah. Yes. But but why why is it? Like, what was the Bible-based thing that, that uh, Jehovah's Witnesses... I can, that, tell, that you, I can tell you what Witnesses. I think happened. The governing yeah. body is not educated. They heard party card and they went, oh, that must be political. And because they're stupid, they made the wrong decision. Yes. So they actually assigned Ray Franz to write the article uh, 
describing it, uh, or write material on this, describing it as an act of worship and drawing parallels to uh, Christians that refused to put a pinch of incense on the altar as a sacrifice to the even Roman though, emperor. Even though they wrote to the governing body saying, please let us buy cards. Yes, they, they said this is the reason that you shouldn't buy cards because wow. it is similar to an act of worship to carry this party ID. That's yeah, now this is important because there's a Mexican part to the Mexico-Malawi scandal and that is, like, this is already pretty horrible, but it gets... There's a, this little extra wrinkle that makes it far worse, as, as Peans is, I assume, is about to tell us, right? Yes. So in Mexico, a very similar thing happened. Um, and people were being told they had to have... Um, a, there was mandatory military service, and people had to have a card showing that they had completed the military service. And some brothers started bribing government officials to get a copy of the card because it wasn't really well tracked. There was no real databases. So you could just pay a government official for an extra card and now you got the card and nobody's going to throw you in jail. And at one point, someone in the branch um, wrote a letter to Bethel and asked, hey, some brothers are doing this. Is it okay? And the governing body debated and decided, A-okay. Wow. And they told yes. them that that was perfectly fine. That's horrible. Yes. So... So this was brought to the attention of the governing body several times. People came to them and said, hey, we're allowing Mexico to do this, but we are not allowing Malawi. And it came to a vote several times of the, in front of the governing body. But they have a rule that they need a two-thirds majority to reverse a prior ruling. So a majority of the governing body agreed that those in Malawi should be allowed to purchase uh, the cards, Who but the because they, that didn't? because it wasn't two thirds, they couldn't reverse the ruling, and so they had they would assign brothers to continue to write back to them, telling them that it was wrong and unchristian, even though the majority of the governing body even though believed they should be allowed like, to. People yes. died and got raped because of politics. Yes, yes, and you know what the word that what th this is all bad. Okay, but but the part that really makes me particularly angry is that as you very well said before the cartilla card uh that uh, sorry the the yeah the cartilla card that that the thing that they were requesting in malawi was pretty much an id yeah. that's it it, it just mm -hmm. identified yeah, you it, as as part of as like the one party state government. yeah yeah because there was just the one party it's the government pretty much right yes the, with the jehovah's witnesses that didn't happen you see um let's just reveal because you know, no one's listening to this. Uh, uh, only Mark n is listening to this, as we know. Yeah, and Mark, just Mark. I don't think. Yeah, Mark. I think. I think we hey, can Mark. trust Mark with this. I, I love. Yeah, Mark. I think so. K please keep listening to this. I am a. I am a Mexican. Okay, and I know exactly what happened. And I wasn't alive back then. Uh, uh, but I know exactly what happened, and I know why it, the the. Uh, it's called a cartilla militar. It's just this this form of ID uh, that you get after attending military service. Now. You weren't going to get raped or killed or or beaten or all of these horrible things that happened to the people in Malawi. You know what you, you wouldn't be able to get, though? You wouldn't be able to get a passport and you wouldn't be able to get like a few other things because it was a form of ID. That's it. That's but, it. But it's a form of ID that you can only get after attending military service. And that form of ID 
would identify you as part of the military reserves. Yeah. So it wasn't just an ID thing. It's an ID letting people know that you're part of the military reserves. This it's a very active thing. It, it is, Based it is on the that, they can just tell you to, to fight. It's like, the exact same point. thing as rejecting Jesus. Who was it that did that? Which which disciple? Peter. Peter. Saying saying denying Jesus three times. Like, oh well, I'm not a Jehovah's Witness. Look, I have the military ID card. Like that's what that resembles. Well, and not according totally to the governing body, apparently. Hundred percent approved it. And this, this is important because we can get into uh, this topic like in depth. And in fact, this serves its own uh, podcast that I'm not going to record. Which I don't want to talk about this again. But yeah. you, you can talk about. You, we, we can look into this later. I just, I, I didn't think that I would ever need to talk about this because it's just this horrible, horrible thing that happened, and. But now, now this makes me curious as to what's going to happen in this experience in the podcast. It, it, this is one of those things that I am shocked that they would ever mention. It's one of those things that they just yes. don't like to talk about. They never bring yes. it up because it's a horrible thing to talk about, and it's entirely on them. And it is one of the biggest reasons Raymond Franz left. Um, but, but it's been long enough that a lot of people have probably forgotten. Yeah. And, uh, and by the way, if you do read Crisis of Conscience, it's an incredible book. Um, he has copies of all the letters that were sent to the branches in that book. This is what they told Mexico. If the, uh, we cannot decide the lives of everyone in the world. If the consciences of these pe persons allowed them to do what they did and to be registered in the reserves, that is for them to worry about. If they are worried, it is not for the society's office to be worried about it. The society has always said that people should comply with the law, and if the individual has done what you have described in your letter and it does not hurt his conscience, then we leave the matter just as it is. There is no reason for us to decide another man's conscience, nor get into an argument or controversy over the matter. Wow. If the individuals are not compromising in the sense of taking up arms, and what they are doing continues to allow them to beat their swords into pruning shears, then the decision rests with them. And meanwhile... We have this guy in, in Malawi, and let's see what he had to go through, <laughs> because the governing body did not share that mercy with Malawi. I was stopped because of not having a political party card. They tied my hands and they started beating me severely. When they went to have supper, one stayed behind to guard me. He felt very sorry for me and said they will kill you when they return. So he suggested that if I can be able to at least crawl, then he would untie me and allow me to escape. Anyway, this is just a, a, a grueling story about a guy who was imprisoned, uh, I believe, a couple of times. Um, he... he he, he got in prison first, then got released, then escaped from Malawi, then came back to Malawi, to Malawi then gets, gets arrested again. And all of that because he couldn't get a little a, ID. An ID. That's it. Over an ID wow. that he wasn't allowed to get by his religion. It's so sad. Yes. Uh, he loses like a decade of his life. But there is, there is a little, a little uh, wrinkle in here that I think uh, th th that I want to touch on. Spiritual food was smuggled into the country by bicycle couriers who were traveling hundreds of kilometers. The magazines were printed on Bible paper. 
which is much lighter than the regular paper so that the couriers could carry double the amount. We also were supplied with mini magazines that could be folded and be put into a pocket. This is something that you always hear when they're talking about persecution. You always hear about people smuggling spiritual food. And when I was a Jehovah's Witness, I never really stopped to think about the spiritual food that they were smuggling. But if you've seen the broadcasting or the video of the version of this, assuming that ever it gets released, you would have seen um, an example of how the the magazine look compared to the standard version. Uh, there's a standard version of the Watchtower of March uh, 15, 1990. Uh, and then there's this smuggled version um, that is printed in a different paper without the Watchtower logo. Everything else is the same. Now, um, this Watchtower in particular comes with a few articles that would never be printed now. I'm going to read you a bit of this of this magazine. Let me know if this is something that you are supposed to believe as Jehovah's Witness, okay? Should I put on a Watchtower voice or should I just Yes. Okay, I think let's, you should do let's Stephen Lett. You know what? No, Stephen no, 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 no. Lett. I'm going to do the the guy that you dreaded uh, to read the Watchtower. You know, th there's just this guy that you're like, "Oh no, he's reading again." Are you ready? Okay. <clears throat> From our carefully study of no. the scriptures. No, 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 no. We, we don't want to no. kill our readers. <laughs> anyway, it says, From our carefully study of the scriptures, we know that the spiritual anointed members of God's household at any given time collectively make up the faithful and discreet slave. Who's the faithful and discreet slave? Every single anointed person on earth. Uh, that is the information that was being smuggled to this Malawian priest. Yeah, prison. that's that encouraging, encouraging spiritual. Brother, thing. I believe you're that you're sharing an apostate teaching. And it is plagued with this kind of stuff because let's remember in the in, in the 1990s they still believe like this this man who was in prison when he was in prison he believed that the generation that saw the events of 1914 would never pass away uh, pass away so he believed that there was a big chance that he would just be rescued by paradise. Yeah. 30 years mm -hmm. ago. And I think, I would I would argue that maybe if he had known that it was going to be 30 years until paradise, maybe that would have impacted his decision or someone else's. That's all I'm going to say on this, okay? Yeah. Now, now that we talked about Mexico, the, the Mexico Malawi scandal, what do you what do you feel then? What what are what is well, going also, to be your also, thoughts? Also, this uh, ends no, up he asked me what I feel. So well, no, no, he, he didn't finish the video, though, because there's an ending that you, you didn't tell her the ending. Oh, I'm so sorry. Let me just, let me just uh, go skip to the ending. In 2002, I was sent back to Zomba prison. But this time, not as a prisoner, but as a district overseer to care for a mini sect assembly. When I entered, my mind quickly went back to 33 years when I was in the same prison next to the execution gallows. True, the words that Isaiah 54, verse 17 came true, which says, no weapon formed against you 
will have any success. Except um, for I'm all sorry, of the people who died. Except for all died. the people that died and got raped. Yeah. This it's is just. It. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's I, I have nothing to add. I don't like this sec. I don't like it. I don't like this segment. It's, it's, it's just. It's very infuriating. Thing. It's like they're all children who can't see outside of their own perspective. They don't understand that there are people that live lives completely different than theirs or people that have different outcomes than theirs. The only reason they get to talk about their positive outcomes is just because they were the ones that survived. It's literally yeah. just confirmation bias. If you die, it's I, because I, it's... you died serving Jehovah. That that means you have the truth. If you survive, that's because yeah, no well, weapon form against you will have any success, as Isaiah 54, and 17 here, says. This is the thing. If you died, you definitely are not in a position where you can advocate for yourself and what you thought of the situation. You're fucking dead. It's yeah, it's survival bias. bias. It's so Jinx, terrible. you owe me a Coke as well. <laughs> Guys, everyone needs to buy lottery tickets. It worked for me. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> let's just, let's just, do we have anything else we want to say on the Mexico-Malawi scandal? What are your thoughts, Dax? Uh, because I, I just, I, I mean, honestly... I, I just can't wait till next month when they actually invite somebody who went through the Mexican side of this scandal <laughs> for their tear-jerking part. And here's the thing. Don't get me wrong. My heart breaks for this guy. It's really sad. Yes. And... I'm sure the survivor guilt is very, very real, regardless of what he's saying in the broadcast. But yeah, and he's a victim as well. He's a victim as well. And what the what the governing body is doing here is just disgusting. It's disgusting because you know what happens now? If you ever go to talk to a witness about the, Mal <coughs> the Malawi Me uh, Mexico scandal, they're going to bring this up. They're going to say, oh, yeah, well, there was a brother in the broadcast that, you know, he, uh, he was um, very happy to do that for Jehovah. Yeah, and, it shifts it, into into victim blaming pretty much. Yeah, not even that. It it turns into the entirety of the organization are they're all going to use this guy to counteract ex Jehovah's Witnesses that talk about the Malawi Mexico scandal. And now Jehovah's Witnesses are going to think, oh no, I know the Mexico Malawi. Yeah, sorry, I know the, oh, I know I the know. Malawi scandal. Yeah. I I know what happened. Here's what yeah, they're going to do. They're going to go, oh no, I know all of it. I know all of it. No, shh, shh, sh I don't need you to tell me about it. I know all of it. And, and that just from this one experience, and that's so sad to me. So yeah, they, if, the governing body did this to him. Yes. Yeah, and this is this is the most the most disgusting part. Um, this is something that the governing body is doing that he doesn't know. This poor man who's a district overseer, who's or circuit overseer, who has served Watchtower forever, he doesn't know what happened in Mexico. You know who does know what happened in Mexico? The current. Governing, governing body. That's who they know. And they are who greenlit this. So this is pretty disgusting. So I'm just going to let you know how disgusting it is by reading you part of that watchtower that they just shown us. Because it's just, it's how, it's how I feel. When they say disgusting, like the amount of times that they say disgusting, that's how I feel about, about this whole thing. Let me just read this, this bit to you. And don't take a shot every time that this happens because you will get drunk. Another part of the, of the sign that Jesus gives is the appearance of the disgusting thing that causes desolation. In 66 CE, this disgusting thing appeared in the form of the encamped armies. Encamped? En, en, encamped? Yes. E -N -C -M -P. Yes, encamped. Encamped. Okay. Encamped armies of Rome that surrounded Jerusalem and undermined the temple wall. The disgusting thing stood where it ought not. In the major fulfillment of the sign, 
This disgusting thing is the League of Nations and its successor, the United Nations. This world peace organization is viewed by Christendom as a substitute for God's kingdom. How disgusting. I just, it's insane so how many times they added disgusting in that. It's just, it's <laughs> also, just a couple of paragraphs. Also, the way that they can pretend like that's not a political stance. And remember, they'll go to unite, uh, to join the United Nations just a few years after this article was written. So, just a little sizzle. If you haven't it's read so about gross. the United Nations, please look it's into it. It's so, sorry, disgusting. 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 How disgusting. So um, instead of being disgusted, disgusting. disgusting. <laughs> so instead of being disgusted, let's move on to our next segment, shall we? After this segment, we will have brother William Melophant, helper to the teacher committee, um, do this morning worship. It's pretty boring. Uh, I don't know why Dax thought that this would be a tier segment because morning worships are usually just boring AFs and that's it. They just there's no there's no tears or anything. There's no there's no feeling in it even. It's he's just yeah. him, you know, saying saying stuff in in his beautiful voice. Let, let's just let's just play a little bit of his voice. Very interesting experiences with young ones, and we could go on quite a while speaking about them. But there is a story about a child psychologist. I don't even know what the, the story about the child psychologist is, but I'm into it because his voice is really nice. Yeah, but his but name is like a Disney villain. I mean, if a guy came out with the last name Malenfant, I'd immediately assume he's the bad guy. Oh, yeah, I love it. You know what? He, he could be. He has the name of a villain and the voice of the narrator of the story. Yeah, he it's does. Great. I love it. It's very anyway, nice. Voice. We're not going to watch it. Let's twist. skip it. What do you no, mean? I want to know what I want to know what the psychologist says. Let's see what the what the child psychologist says. Uh, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, maybe it's a psychologist a psychologist specialized on children and not a child who became psychologist a la Howie Dowser. But there is a story about a child psychologist who began his practice with four theories and no children. Some years later, he found that he had four children and no theories. <laughs> he learned that there was quite a bit to, to do. It was a lot to do to raise a child. It was far more than just a few theories. That's it. It's worse than you could have possibly thought. It's not about a quirky story or anything. It's just a way so they can discredit it's, it's the whole mental it's, health system. It's just an That's attention it. getter. He's just following corporate speech rules. It's no, an attention getter. No, it's worse than that. It, the lesson of this is, ha-ha, experts are dumb. Yeah. Ha-ha, expert? Oh, you're an expert? Yeah. Try having a kid. They do this all the time about scientists, biologists, yeah, doctors, child psychologists. Yeah. Psychologists, anyone who would call them a cult. Yeah. Let's just let's just give it. I'm getting triggered by this as well. <laughs> let's just go. Uh, at least it wasn't let's about go to the other segment because we're not done. Oh, d don't worry, we're not done triggering you, Peems. There is something far worse that he says in in this in this speech, and it's the only bit that that we're definitely gonna play. In Britain, Tim and Sam, both 11 years old and unbaptized publishers, were engaging in field service with Tim's mother. The boys needed new bags to carry their Bibles and literature. But money was a problem. Earlier, before starting in the field service that day, the mothers of the two publishers made this a subject of prayer. 
At the last house to be visited that morning, Tim spoke to the householder and read a Bible verse to her. She interrupted him to ask what his religion was. When Tim replied that he was one of Jehovah's Witnesses, the woman scolded him and said to his mother that she could not understand why Jehovah's Witnesses let their children die rather than allow them to accept blood transfusions. Well, that would be a difficult thing to have thrown in your face, a young man there at the door with his mother. Tim's mother suggested that the woman ask the boys how they felt about this. She did. Tim explained that he would always choose alternative treatment rather than go against his Bible-trained conscience. This was from this young boy himself. I need to comment on this for a second because he talks yeah. about how, oh, you know, the young boy said from his own words, here's the thing. I was raised by an abusive mother. I said a lot of shit that was not true to cover up for her. It is very, very, very easy to lie, especially when you're a kid, because if you're doing it because you like, he doesn't even have to lie. He just has to be lied to. He's a child. He is not an expert on the subject of whether or not allowing your child to die for your beliefs is moral. Yeah, basically. And he's in the, in the worst part is that the child knows the right the the answer that he needs to say. So it's not really it's not really yes, fair. Yes, he thinks he's answering correctly. It doesn't make yeah. him correct just because, because oh, of speeches like this that give you the with, answer. Oh, you know, even this young child couldn't understand this complex issue from Jehovah. No, that's not what's happening here. Oh, well, let's ah. see what actually happened after this in in this in this story that he loves so much. Sam then said the other young boy that his own sister had received alternative treatment and had fared better than patients who had received blood. Then the householder again turned to Tim's mother, and this time she expressed disapproval of taking young children from door to door. We've heard that many times, I'm sure. Both of the boys responded to the woman on this occasion that they enjoyed preaching, adding that they preferred this to roaming the streets like others of their age. Well, this slowed the householder down a bit. She was impressed by their reply. The householder asked the boys to wait a moment while she went into her house. What a surprise they had when she returned and presented each of them with a smart new leather bag, ideal for their ministry. She sold these items for a living. Her changed attitude also allowed the boys to arrange for a return visit. And as they were leaving, the householder's 94-year-old mother, who had been listening, came to the door and asked Tim's mother to visit her at her home. That's the end of his story. They wow. said the right thing, so they got Jehovah gave them a briefcase. <sighs> okay, so okay, so here's the thing. That story is fake as hell. Second, um, can we just write stories to Bethel? Do they vet stories? Do they do anything to make sure they're real? Or can we just make shit up and send it to Bethel? I don't know, because here's the Can thing. Can we try as a podcast? This isn't the first time that this story has been featured. It's just been I've slightly heard, different every I, time. I didn't, yeah, I didn't, no, no, no. It's pretty much the same story. I didn't have time to go back and, and, and check, but I'm sure that if you've heard enough enough indoctrination stuff, this story will sound will sound uh, similar. Yeah. Because this is, this is a story that they keep telling you over and over. They've said the story before. So... 
I'm like, I, I've, I already feel like I've already reacted to this made-up story. Why are they saying this again? So, yeah, yeah, I definitely feel that they have, like, this this list of stories. Just they have, as as they have, like, this... The I list think, of uh, talks. Yeah, the, the list talk of talks. Outlines, they also have a list of illustrations. Yeah, the list of talks, the list of illustrations, the list of tiers, segments that, that they need to go through. And, and, and add and, to that and, and the every... list of experiences. Yeah, now they I, have I, a list of experiences. I, I also just want to add that he did not answer the original question. They, oh, no, they no, no, said, no, no, no. you would let your children die before getting a blood transfusion. And he responds with, we would seek the best possible alternative treatment before getting up. Oh. And, and like the answer is still, we wouldn't get a blood transfusion. It's like if you asked, told someone that they would rather their child die than be vaccinated, and they respond, I would seek out the best alternative treatment. Yeah, and, and but, but you, you, don't, you forgot the best part. He says he looked for the alternative treatment and also anecdotal evidence. So hear this anecdotal evidence because isn't this what Jehovah's Witnesses do? This isn't anecdotal evidence. Jehovah's Witnesses are, are, are indoctrinated to base their lives into anecdotal evidences. So they don't even realize when they're using anecdotal evidences as, as an actual uh, argument. Yeah, because it's but, so normalized. Yeah, so let's let's just cleanse our palate from this by jumping into the music segment, which is at the end of the broadcast for some reason. So, Peems, you had, before we jump into what the music video was about, you have something to, uh, uh, you were talking about something about the smiles, which I think is something that we don't really talk about as Jehovah's Witnesses. Can you, can you repeat that what we were saying off pod? <laughs> Those smiles were creepy. Toward the end of this music video, they were so overwhelming uh, as part of the features there. Uh, it gave me very, uh, there is no war in Bossing Say vibes. Um, I'm not sure if you've seen uh, Avatar The Last Airbender, but there is a... Oh, yeah, uh, I've seen it. It's a lovely movie. Perfect movie by... by uh, there by, is my, my no movie in Bossing Say. <laughs> I love that movie. I love Take this movie. Take it back. It's <laughs> yeah, it's horrible. <laughs> uh, but there's a, there's a scene where people are being brainwashed, and all the brainwashed people have that smile. I think that's a very interesting take, because... I feel there's only two smiles that Jehovah's Witnesses are used to seeing. The super fake, ginormous smiles that they see in their propaganda and 
the fake smiles that they just keep putting on for any sort of segment or whatever, the fake smile that you put on as when, when there's something you have to do as a Jehovah's Witness. I'm talking about the smile that we saw on Brothers and Sisters when we were in the meeting, you and me, Peems, together, and they announced that they were going to go back to the Kingdom Halls. Remember that smile? Like, yeah. like it, it was just like a little blank face, and then when it was time to clap, they just put on the smile and just, huh, yay. <laughs> when they realized that Remember? they were supposed to do it, they all did it at the same time. Uh, yes, exactly, because that's what you do. You, you, you're supposed to be united. You know how much the Bible talks about being united, which is not at all. But what is, what is it, this, this video, this music video about Peems? Um, what I took this to be was this, this woman shows up to a meeting, gets love bombed, looks at an old lady, and then it jumps back in time to when that old lady studied and got baptized. And then it jumps forward to show now this study getting a creepy smile and then getting baptized. Now, Who also uh, stole her makeup from her? I I was just going to say, Dax, you are into fashion and grooming. Can you tell us a little bit into uh, of, of, of what you saw? Yeah, so at the beginning of the video, she comes in. She looks nice. She looks fine. She's wearing a leather jacket. Her hair is in a bun. She's wearing makeup. She's wearing jewelry, and she's talking to, like, an older couple. But she looks fine. And then... And then she um, has an Apple Watch, specifically. Okay, so then as the video goes on... Um, she starts to get kind of that witness garb and suddenly her hair's down and she looks more demure and it's really, really cringy. And she also loses all her makeup. They like take it from her. And, and that is it. because uh, uh, an older Jehovah's Witness, I think, I think what happens here is that the older Jehovah's Witness that is, you know, that, that takes a, a, a liking to this person and starts giving them a Bible study sees her. And the point is, she sees her and she thinks, I was also a stereotypical, free-minded, fashion-forward uh, rebel. Uh, let me tell you why you're wrong and how we can change this. Yeah, exactly. Because we, then we go back and she also had a pretty good fashion sense. She did, especially because it portrayed her as being like in the 70s and she looked like she was in the 70s in fashion. Yeah, yeah she, look, she looked like, it, in, like, like yeah. a little bit of a hippie and, and stuff. It was, it was kind of nice. But then she has to say goodbye to her quote-unquote friends. Yeah, so she's just she's just a, a bit of a hippie with a lot of oranges, a lot of blacks over there, and then she's in this super nice camping side with a whole bunch of like other dudes. Just they just look like they're at the park, just like having a good time, just singing and whatever. And she's like, "Oh no, yeah, I should be in a cult actually because a lady I, I was sick and one of the cult ladies actually brought me soup. So no, thank you." Oh my god. Get, and get out of way, me here. The pose and everything. And you then stop the video. Just, we get it. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. This is this is it. It's just a, a, a video. So I just find and it. How does that not put people who are not witnesses on high alert? Because yeah. literally, one of the first things cults do is they isolate you to make sure that you know you turn against everyone else in your life, so that way you only have the cult. And that's what this video portrays perfectly. Yeah, that is what what has to happen with every Jehovah's Witness. Yeah, and then the I cut my hair, I shaved my beard, I yeah. I stopped hanging on with my You're friends. You're dehumanized. Yeah. And then the multi-level marketing scheme thing comes in because an old lady is like, oh well, you know, I'm going to do the same thing to this young person. 
because it makes me happy to make others miserable. Like, I just, I hate it. So, that's it. That is JW Broadcasting, except for the last bit, which is Zambia for some reason. Um, they talk a little bit later on how they they are so poor that uh, the circuit overseer has to record the talks and and give it to other people. And, and I just, whenever I see this, I get a little bit disgusted because I see this nice kingdom hall built in Zambia. This could have been a school. This could have been a hospital. Like if any other charity, if, if an actual yeah. charity would have built this, this wouldn't have been a charity building that they can sell at any point in time. You know, this, this would have been something for the locals so the locals can help each other. So like an actual thing, like with actual help. And instead, it's just this. It's it's kind of disgusting. Not really that 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 uh, worth the talking about. I think. What did you guys think of of this JW broadcasting and, and of Zambia? Uh, I think this might be the worst one yet, and I'm not saying that lightly. I mean, when we get to the, like, if you look at every single segment here, the teen life part. You know, you know, I get upset about that. But the teen life part was uh, a, a poor shadow of the original my teen life. And the Caleb and Sophia part is just self-congratulations. They don't even share a new Caleb and Sophia part. And then, you know, yeah. the, the music video is, like, is just this creepy, this this creepy smile, slow motion, only moving the heads video. Like, like every single part of this is actually, like, worse than usual. And then they do the tearjerker segment with the interview with the man and they take the worst scandal in Watchtower history. They take the self-inflicted, the self-own of Malawi and the suffering people went through there, and they spin that in a positive light. Like, like this might be the worst one I've seen yet. Just that every segment is horribly boring, and then there's that Malawi one that smacks you in the face with, with just how much they know that their audience doesn't know. Yeah, well, and they really cut the content in this video just to up the propaganda as high as it could. It's just so full of propaganda. And we all know that most witness publications and videos now are just propaganda. But, like, this one is blatantly bad. Well, I thought to end this, seg uh, to end this segment, we could just um, introduce this little game um, about the broadcast uh, called... Best and worst. You have to pick just, just the one quick thing, one best thing, one worst thing. The best thing about the broadcast and the worst thing about it? Yeah, yeah. Just just the, like the one thing you liked and the one thing that you didn't like that you think it was the worst part. I like that it's over. Uh, you know, we. I, I'm going to veto that because then that's just what we're going to say every single time. <laughs> Dax, what, what are your best? best um, I think the worst, worst part, part was of, of, the, of the, the Malawi part for obvious reasons that we've discussed. And then honestly, yeah. I think the best part is probably, um, um, that's a thinker, right? The bad part is, yeah, is, is um, very the obvious best part is that they didn't make another Caleb and Sophia video. So that is one child not indoctrinated or something like that. That's right. We would have to watch it, and then I'm gonna. I would have to explain yeah, how yes, that is me. But like dying children instead of a children's cartoon this time. 
All right, Peems, what are your best and worst parts of this broadcast? Uh, I mean, I, I don't... Uh, sorry, before I'm, I know I just asked you a question, but I need to ask a question. How is it pronounced? Is, is, is this a broadcast? Is this a broadcasting? Is this a broadcasting episode? Is this a broadcast episode? Is, 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 is someone getting a, a cast? Is, is that something? I don't know. How, how do we call I, it? I would I don't call know. this the broadcast. I always get nervous. The broadcast. Yeah, I, okay. I mean, I, I hate to just gonna call an it answer, the broadcast. I, I cannot answer anything other than Malawi for worst item. I mean, that that is just horrifying. And I can't believe they have the balls to bring that up again in any way, let alone bring it up in a positive light as an example. Um, yeah. For the best, and you know, I'm, best? I'm torn. I actually have two answers there. I'm torn between Malifant's voice and name. Uh, I mean, he has quite a voice. Yes. It's very soothing. Oh, He's got an awesome name. Um, or, yes. he has you know, cool or the fact thing. that they opened the, the bit about um, about supporting your spouse with actual psychiatrist advice about learning your spouse's love language. I, that was not the worst thing I've ever seen. Of course, you know, then they spun it into Jehovah, but they started out with, you know, actual advice. Um, I, I guess. Uh, for me, the worst part... Look, we're just going to have to agree on Mexico-Malawi. Um, that, that's going to be the worst. It's just... It's hard to come up with a worst thing, honestly. I can't even come up with a joke one to, 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 to say in this moment. It's just... I really hate this bit. I, re I really hate it. Because I really... I really didn't want to talk about Mexico-Malawi. I really didn't. It's a huge bummer. Gets me triggered. Don't like it. Uh, three stars out of five on that one. On that decision. But the best part is I would submit to Mexico-Malawi's game because Jehovah's, there is one Jehovah's Witness at the very least that is going to say, you know what, this Malawi thing, this is a faith-strengthening thing. I want to learn more. That's true. Maybe, they might Google it. Just maybe they <laughs> wake up. Point. Yeah, just maybe. So that's my little effort to try to end this in a positive this this horrible horrible broadcast I into a positive that. note <laughs> and let's introduce our next segment that it, that is moving on how to move on with dax how, how do we move on dax hi so um one of the things that a lot of people who are trying to move on run into is heavy drinking which is a common problem for witnesses worldwide because you're not allowed to do anything else. Um, and it's easy to pretend that you're not drunk. And so moving on entails a lot of trauma. So try a non-alcoholic beer. It's honestly not that bad. They make more than just O'Doul's now. Um, in your process of moving on, you know, you don't want to develop a problem like that. So, you know, start getting creative with other types of things and um, start relying on real coping mechanisms like therapy um, instead of heavy drinking. Awesome, Beams. I mean, they actually have uh, IPAs that are so realistic that they will give you an allergic reaction. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Um, we have come a long way in the uh, world of non-alcoholic beer. Non-alcoholic Heineken's pretty good. Um, non-alcoholic Quastaller, the dry hopped one, it's brown, pretty good. Um, but yeah, try those out because, you know, I know that it's really hard to not kind of drown your sorrows away once you've left. I actually, if, if you don't mind me going before Peems, I actually have something kind of similar. 
You're talking about alcohol? I wanted to talk about drugs. As Jehovah's Witnesses, we are indoctrinated to believe, basically, that uh, uh, of, of drugs and alcohol on, on, on this very, very black and white terms. Basically, we think, okay, there is alcohol, which is good, but not good in excess. There is tobacco, which is bad, always bad. And then there is drugs, which are also bad. That is a very simplistic way of saying, of, of looking at it. And if you don't get out of looking at it that way, you're going to think that weed is as dangerous uh, uh, as heroin, for instance, which is not. And then maybe if you try weed, you'll think, oh, I mean, I guess no drugs are dangerous. So even the opposite are, is, is right. However, there are other ways of seeing drugs just for their, their, um, their pharmaceutical Benefits. Psilocybin, for instance, um, which is part of uh, magic shrooms, uh, has been connected with um, great antidepressant uh, stuff, and and really helps. It, it has has had people say that they feel more grounded uh, in reality and all of that stuff. However, I'm not saying go try this. I'm just saying please just get informed, okay? Because otherwise, yeah. you may just be like. You know what? I had some shrooms. I've been w I've been working on this for a while. I, I feel like I'm prepared enough. And then you eat a whole bunch of shrooms a Saturday a Saturday afternoon. And then you think your marriage is about to be over. And then you jump into a call. And then you do like a whole bunch of things that that you don't think that you don't really think through. And then the next day you kind of <laughs> have to fix it, but you don't really know how. And then the next day you go to your psychiatrist. And then you spend an hour crying because you you, you, you the shroom experience was really bad. Now, did that happen to someone? I don't know. I just, I just, just kind of came no, out. No, probably kinda, not. I just, I just kind of thought of yeah. it. But, but yeah, you know, just, just, just learn more about this stuff. Okay, it's just. Yeah, yeah. I was warned about apostates like you. <laughs> definitely important to um, destigmatize yes. learning about drugs of all kinds, illicit drugs, legal drugs doesn't matter because, in the case of destigmatizing it, um, keep in mind, and you won't know this if you're a witness, probably. Um, a lot of the stigmatization of drugs is racism. It's rooted yes. in racism. So. Excuse me. Um, you don't have to talk to me like this because I know all about drugs. I am a proud graduate of the D.A.R.E. program. <laughs> oh, God. Oh no. You know you can't have just yeah, uh, one uh, marijuana. I... You know one marijuana can kill you, right? <laughs> Peems, what is, what is your, <laughs> your moving on tip for our audience today? You know, I, I, I'm honestly... I had to deal with um, a certain level of rejection from my mother today. So I am probably not the best person to be giving this today. Uh, my tip for moving on is to stand your ground and um, don't let people pressure you into being afraid to speak out or to be an activist um, just because they will manipulate you with the uh, JW guilt trips. That is that is a great tip. Um, that is kind of yeah. That is kind of what we what we try to do with this podcast by you know calling tier segments, tier segments, and all that stuff. We we just try to help people realize how manipulative this is, and maybe maybe you 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 get better at standing your ground once you see the manipulation. I mean, you know, that's that's not true though. Let's be honest. We're doing this podcast to bully each other to prevent us from going back to the organization. Dex, I was trying to go for a very <laughs> inspiration thing. It's about it's the almost the end of the podcast. 
right. I wanted to go with this inspirational story. I didn't want to say how this I is mean, just I an excuse our, our for us story. to get high and hang out. Okay, you just. Yeah. <laughs> but, but anyway, any any final thoughts before we we finish this podcast? Um, therapy. Go get it. Yeah, therapy. We mentioned it last podcast, but this is... We should probably mention it in every, every podcast Yeah, we, we really should. We re it's, it's the yeah. most important thing you can do. After yeah. leaving a... We need, to like, we need to find a therapist to sponsor us, honestly. Yeah, after yeah. leaving a so, call... therapist out there? After leaving a cult, after having a really bad room experience, you should always go to a therapist. You know, it just yes, they, they help you unpack that stuff, and they don't really judge, yep. and they don't ask where you got the shrooms or uh, if you're still <laughs> high. They don't really ask about that stuff. You know, they're really nice. Yes, and and uh, remember, you can date your therapist in the sense of don't Ooh, like if you I like this. It's, no, not what oh, I mean. All right, no, okay, let me take no, notes. Not what I mean. So where, where if, is this? <laughs> If you have a therapist and they suck and you guys have no chemistry and you feel more of a, more emotional labor going to therapy than not, they're just not the therapist for you. Go find another one. It does not mean all therapy yeah, is bad. That is, that is, that so, is super important. Yeah, very, very good point. Yeah. So if you haven't gone through therapy before, just keep that in mind because you might not like the first one you get. Yeah, that's true. Peems. All right. Here's something. Some final thoughts. And you're not thoughts. married to them, so you don't need to wait for them to cheat on you <laughs> to leave them. Yeah, you can just leave it. I've got a new game. Okay. What are the uh, the cringiest or crappiest things you did when you were peemy? Oh no. Okay, let's just share one story, and then one we end the podcast each. because this podcast yes. has been going on forever. I think. And yeah. Mark, I don't. Ours. Mark is is really patient. He's our only listener. He's and he's really patient with us. You know. For anyone who doesn't know why we keep referring Mark, Mark is the is is we know that we have at least one listener, okay? And we don't know who that person is, but I'm, we're pretty sure like we would like to believe that his name is Mark, that it's a guy yes. and his name is Mark, okay? Uh, that is just the way that we think about about our audience. You're not yeah. you're not you, you are Mark. If you're listening you to this, Mark. you're a guy named Mark, okay? Just just sit in that for a bit. So peeps. Yeah. What were you talking about before I derailed the, your, your... What comment? was the cringy thing? Oh, did? yeah. Cringy thing I did. Cringiest thing. Cringy or... Crappy. Or crappy. Okay. Like who wants dudes. to go first? Okay. So, um, I was reminded of this one recently. Um, I had a new coworker one day who got hired onto uh, a different team. And I recognized him. He was a brother from my old hall that I had not seen in years. But he had long hair now. Oh no! And I knew he was married to the um, the circuit overseer's daughter, so um, I awkwardly shuffled around. You know, I did my best to avoid talking to him whenever I didn't have to for work. And then one day, I, I decided, you know, I I need to help this guy. So I called up the circuit overseer, and you know, told him, okay, yeah, yeah, this guy that that I haven't seen in a long time. You know, he works here. Here's his current contact information. Give him all the stuff he would need to stalk him and harass him, basically. Uh, oh, because he had been... Uh, the, him and his daughter uh, had been avoiding uh, the circuit of here in the meetings. Oh, so I, uh, I gave him all the information because he'd been laying low and trying to fade, and I just blew him and gave him to the CEO. What a rat. You, you, that guy was just trying to fade. And he, here comes my little Pimo 
He's like, hey. I, I was the worst peenie. I was the worst. I was a true believer that would turn people in in a heartbeat because I have to save them. Because they, my, I will be blood guilty if I don't tell somebody that someone's doing something wrong. That is what we did. And I think it's important to remember to remember all of that stuff because it really helps us uh, humanize the Jehovah's Witnesses who are also shunning us. You know, they're doing what we, what we did. Dex, what... What embarrassing story do you have for us? This um, I, I can't it's more wait. so cringy. Um, so so I've always been kind of a feminist, even you know, within the organization. And this young sister who's like a teenager, um, I just moved into the hall and she befriended me because she's kind of also a feminist. And one day she calls me and she's really upset because she just can't understand why the headship arrangement exists. Why you know. Her mother has to be submissive to her father, who's kind of a douchebag. Why, you know, all the normal witness woman complaints that are all very valid. Of course. And I told her, because she was like, I'm going to, I think I'm going to leave the organization. And I said, look, none of these things are going to be corrected in the system of things. So I hold out hope that Jehovah never intended for women to be in this position. And this is because of Paul. And it can't be corrected without the new system. And so when I, because she asked me, you know, what do you picture in paradise? And I told her that I picture just being able to exist without having to worry about sexism. And um, and I got her to stay in the organization for two more years. And that is a perfect teaser for our next podcast topic, which we're going to go a little bit off topic. And we're going to talk about the made up beliefs that we made up to keep ourselves to keep ourselves indoctrinated soon you have to tell us your cringe moment uh, yeah but wait a second you know, maybe nice know. try no, where's your cringy moment i i want it no we we're ending the i, I had a great segue nope nope you have to follow it. my I new game gonna, uh, fine i'll, I'll give yeah, you my oh, embarrassing nice. story he, he's gaslighting us oh i yeah. you know you're being and recorded right ultra was so good that you know right? i can't give you my segment oh man wow it's, it's mom I thought it was a real uh, fine, fine. I'll give I'll give you I'll give you my embarrassing story. When I was in elementary school, I was about um, uh, seven or eight years old, uh, maybe nine, uh, not not older than nine. I had already done what uh, a sibling uh, is expected to do. I had already introduced my sister to the teacher uh, that she was going to be with because my sister is was younger than me and I knew the teacher the teacher so therefore it was my responsibility to introduce her and let her know hey she's also a Jehovah's Witness so she also doesn't do the flag and all of the stuff blah 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 that is apparently that was an eight-year-old to do and, and hey I did it so but there was this one thing that I that I did because you see there was a singing contest at, at the school and I I mean I like to sing I'm not a, I'm not a good singer but I, I I do like to sing and when you're a kid you don't know that you're a bad singer so you just sing right and and then I was thinking oh which kind of song can we sing I, I, I can sing this song I can sing this out and then I had the horrible realization that if I was gonna do this I needed to do it to indoctrinate people no. So I needed to sing. Oh no! Um, a, a kingdom no. melody. But it, oh. it that put me in a hard situation because I couldn't really mention God, because it was you know it was a school. But I still needed to, you know, this it's something that I needed to do. 
because I thought, hey, maybe maybe I'll get into a magazine one day. I know a whole bunch of like back then, my my parents knew a whole bunch of circuit overseers and had a lot of connections and all that stuff. And my dream was to be in a magazine or you know to to have a my story featured or something. That was like the the yeah. biggest thing, the biggest thing that I that I could that I could hope for, right? And I thought maybe this would not only bring someone to Jehovah, but I get to be in the magazine. So I finally. Um, I, I I sang song fourteen, which doesn't really mention God. It just it's just a song about paradise. I was really 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 moved, and uh, filled with joy when the sub director, that that sub principal, the co principal, uh, um, um, a very nice old lady, uh, wiped a tear from her eye. Um, oh. And now I can't help to wonder, did she wipe a tear because she liked the song or did she wipe a tear because she she realized that I was just a little kid, a nine-year-old kid singing some song from the cult and I was there was nothing she could do about it. You're forgetting the third option. She could have been laughing at you. She could have been that again, <laughs> you know, you just I wanted to end on a on a, on, on this on this on this feeling she note, so I, I was I was doing watered. the JW stuff, and I wanted to I wanted to make you feel something because if you feel something with this podcast, then maybe you can subscribe to this podcast. Damn it! <laughs> and maybe you can follow us on Twitter, which is Peems. Can you can you take us home? Let's finish you can this. Find podcast us on Twitter this. at Babylon TG. That's B A B B L E O N T G on Twitter. And where can they find you, Peems? And you can find me at my little Pimo. That's my little P I M O on both Reddit and Twitter. Dax, where can people find you? You can find me on YouTube at Dax the Scholar. Yes. On Twitter as um, Jorn J O R N X Borg. And um, remember, in the in the famous words of Brother Let, uh, Gaslight, Gatekeep, Girl Boss. That is good what, what, what Garrett Let said. And with me, I am XJW Caleb on YouTube and on Twitter. Uh, you can find a couple of my videos. I'm working on the on the next one. Um, hopefully, it will be released, you know, at some point. Editing takes forever. So, you know, if, if, if you're thinking, hey, how come you don't upload videos? I'm working on videos pretty much every day. It's just the editing takes forever. So sorry about that. And you can also find Babel on the Great on pretty much every podcast uh, platform except Google uh, Google Podcasts because I don't know how to. F- I haven't been able to figure it out. I think we'll never be able to to be there. I think it's just I have to fill a form or something. It's too complicated for me. Seriously. So that's it. That is today Babylon Bible's on episode. Um, should you say goodbye? I I don't I don't know what to do after this. Goodbye. Michael Sarah signing out. Well. Yeah, so I don't I don't really know how to end this podcast. So where should I end it? I think ending should be chaotic with outro music. Because it, as long as the audio fades into outro music, uh-huh. it's a good ending. We need music and we don't have a, a um a song for the end. So, but I'll don't worry. I have something planned out. I planned out for this because again, I am a professional podcaster. So, could yes. you please both at the same time say goodbye while I perform our outro song? Yes. Go ahead. You ready? Beams. Bye-bye. Outro goodbye. Song. Outro song. Ci vediamo. Outro. That's it. Goodbye.